It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everybody, Patrick Connor here. Welcome to the Knuckles and Gloves podcast. We got an extra special edition of the show today. So not only am I here with my usual buddy, Eris Pina, who's a CompuBox operator and a fight historian like myself, but we have former junior lightweight champion, Steve Two Pound Forbes on here with us today to talk about a little Canelo, Caleb Plant. Steve, how is it going, man? Man, you know what? It's, it's going good. You know, happy that things are getting a little better and you know enjoying good fights it's been some really good matchups and and good undercards too so i'm excited about you know boxing uh so glad to be here you know we uh eris and eris and i usually uh get together with a few other people for like a, a zoom for bare knuckle fights and stuff like that and there was a bkfc last night that i also watched and thankfully it ended fairly early but, you know, the focus last night was obviously Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant. I mean, they had the photos of uh, Dana White during Nama Yunus, uh, Zhang watching Canelo Plant. I mean, Eris, were you pretty fired up last night, man? Yeah, and I was pretty excited, too, because the fight ended at 1230 as opposed to starting. I live on the East Coast, man. You know, that was a, that was a pleasure for me at that point. But, um. Yeah, that was that was really big, man. That was that was a lot of bad blood in this fight, and a lot of people were excited. There was a lot of, especially on Twitter, there was a lot of diverse sides on, you know, who was aligned with who, and um, it made for a pretty compelling night, even though we didn't really have a stellar undercard. And um, even though Canelo prevailed, as most people expected he would, Plant put up pretty good resistance. All in all, it was a good night of sports. And everything, like you mentioned, and ended well enough that, like, once that one fight ended, you can go to the next sport if you wanted to watch UFC after the, the boxing match and all that. Everything, like, kind of aligned perfectly that night as opposed to, like, really going head-to-head. Well, I know, Steve, you we've talked about bare knuckle before because I know you'd, uh, you'd done some training with Paige Van Zant, and she dipped her toe into the BKFC. It sounds like she's still going to be doing some, but... Regardless, uh, in any case, Canelo Alvarez, man, what's what's your take on where Canelo stands in the sport of boxing right now? I mean, it's funny because, you know, I go on Facebook and stuff, social media, and I uh, chat with people about boxing. I, you know, Canelo has been a really good fighter for a really long time. I mean, this guy was beating guys back when I was like active, you know, I was in, you know, thirties, but still pretty active and active in the gyms in Vegas and all this stuff. And even got a a chance to get some sparring with him when he fought uh, Mosley. This guy, man, is, is like a professor. He gets better and better. Each, each fight that I've seen, he gets better and better and better. And, um, I mean, he, he'll, he'll probably, he probably go down as one of the best, you know, fighters from Mexico that, you know, has ever been. I mean, 
and I'm a big Julio Cesar Chavez fan, but his body of work, I mean, you how can you argue against even if you say some of the fights that he had were were super close, still it was competitive, it was good. He found a way to to eke it out. I mean, and this I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this guy, you know, is is, is doing some good things and he's giving us fights that we want to see. So when the Mosley fight's going on almost 10 years ago now. Yeah. But even so, uh, it's a, that was a clear crossroads fight, but it was a, a, that was kind of a, a bit of a beatdown on, on Canelo's part. And I don't mean to demean Shane Mosley. He was just obviously past his best. Yeah. And also on top of that, we've gotten to see now what Canelo has achieved since then. And, and it makes yeah. it even even less of a shame, you know, less of a shameful thing to lose to a fighter like that. Do you remember though, um, you know, almost 10 years ago, do you remember much about uh, anything specific in the gym with Canelo? You know what? Like I, I was sparring with him. People were like, man, you're a smaller guy. You know, you sparring with Canelo, he was bigger. But you know, I, I had a reputation. But you've been, you've been doing that these, your whole career. My whole career, I was Eric Morales, all these guys. And I wasn't brought in, you know, I think I was brought in more to work with technical skills with him because when him and I boxed, he wasn't trying to overwhelm me, you know, by power punching and all this stuff. He would, we would box, he would box with me, picking up stuff. And it was interesting because he had another guy that, uh, that they brought from, from, uh, I want to say Nigeria was strong, stronger guy that he would, you know, open up on, man. And this this guy would call me after training the next day and say, man, I don't really want to spar with him tomorrow. How many rounds are you going to go with? I was like, you know, I don't know. He, he normally goes about five or six with me. But, but no, it with him, me and him in the gym and stuff, he would, we were, he would box and he would kind of mirror stuff and try some stuff, you know, like, you know, I may do some little trick, a pull counter, and he'd try it. So I was like, you know what this guy is doing is it's a different system that they do because he's not just going in there trying to overwhelm you and sparring or, or whatever, but he's kind of picking some stuff up. He's, he's watching. He's kind of seeing little things that you do. And, and his coaches would be like, hey, you do that pretty good, man. Do that most of the round, and we'll kind of watch. So – I mean, I, that was what almost ten years ago, um, but and you see him keeping—he's continuously improved. He's gotten better and better and better. So, I mean, I mean, I don't really know what to say. I, I just say, man, this guy is phenomenal. He's getting better and better, uh, and he's becoming a, a destroyer. I mean, he's really hurting these guys. I mean, it's it, for me. It started with Triple G. Uh, he fought him the first time. He, he boxed a little bit more on the outside. Fight was called a draw. Some people thought Triple G won, whatever. He did the rematch, and he said, okay, I'm going to fight. I'm going to push him back. And regardless of whatever people say, uh, that maybe he got hit a little too much, whatever. <laughs> the fact is he was able to go in there and change the 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 pace of the fight by pushing him back. I mean – this is a guy that's evolving to me in boxing. I mean, he's becoming something that I, you know, didn't didn't know, you know, could happen. I mean, this guy is he went from, you know, a boxing guy, young kid to he's destroying a lot of guys, man. And 
you know, I got to give him respect. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Eris, you have some experience, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, from the comp box perspective. I mean, from, in my opinion, that seems to, that would give you a little bit better of an eye in terms of punches that are landing clean punches that are landing hard and that type of stuff. Cause it seems like after the fight, there's, there's a little bit of an argument about who should have gotten credit for what in what rounds and stuff like that. Cause obviously the, the skirmish in there was Caleb plants jab and movement versus Canelo walking him down and trying to set up traps to land the much harder shots, which in my opinion, he definitely did from your perspective though, Eris, like what did you, what did you see happening up, up until the 11th round? Well, plants started out great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like I, like we talked about earlier on um, the preview show that we discussed, I thought that plant would come out and try to box and Canelo would take his time trying to digest what was in front of him, which he did for a couple of rounds. And that's how Alvarez is. He's not a guy that's going to come out there and try to blast you like Mike Tyson. He's, you know, kind of economical and sees what's in front of him and digest it for a round or two before that. Then he starts making his moves. And that's what he did with Plant. And Plant, to his credit, was moving around. He used his jab very well in the beginning. And he was placing his punches well. But Plant, the, the problem was right away is that if you're going to do anything with Alvarez, you got to get a respect for him. Like, a, like power like Triple G has, you know. Uh, that type of power. Plant obviously doesn't have that. Um, also, you have to, they're, they're, you know, Plant didn't like change levels enough, I think, in the first. Like, but after the first couple of rounds, Alvarez already knew what he had in front of him and started making adjustments to them. Even though the rounds were still relatively close at that point before Alvarez took over in the middle, you know, the middle portion toward later, um, Plant still kept on kind of doing the same things and Alvarez was able to like, from there, move him to the ropes, start maneuvering, do things at that nature. Now, with people saying that, like, Plant was, like, oh, outworking Alvarez, sure, he was throwing more punches, but what were they doing? It's, a lot of them weren't landing, and if they were landing, they weren't doing absolutely anything in terms of snapping his head back or doing stuff like that. Judges have always been told, oh, you got to land a clean, effective punches, what's going on? When Alvarez gets into the ropes, he understands what judges are looking for, he knows it, and he was landing those clean, effective punches, eye-catching punches at that point. Even though Plant was outworking him, Alvarez was still outlanding him to a degree and just outwork and outlanding him in terms of like really concise punches that are going to catch eye catching the judges and not only that, work toward his goal of like breaking you down where you're going to fall apart near the end of the fight. Like every punch had a purpose for him, and you got the sense by like the fourth round, even though Plant still wasn't being overwhelmed or anything like that. Alvarez already had an idea of where the fight was going and was just going according to that and landing as, as such. He still wasn't overexerting himself. He still wasn't like the way he pressures people without throwing a bunch of punches is incredible. You know, it's like akin to like Joe Lewis. I, even if, you know, if you want to compare it to that or other like very economical pressure fighters, he doesn't exert himself too much. He doesn't overwhelm you. He doesn't try to do that. But the pressure in itself because you know what's coming and every punch counts and every punch lands and every punch just has a purpose for what he's going. Nothing is really just done just to throw something. Like every punch has has a purpose of where it's going to go on you. And you saw that with Plant. Like all those body punches landing to the shoulder, to the side, landing over to the side, landing the overhand punches that he did to a point you just saw little by little Plant was like getting more and more shaken by this. 
until near the end of the fight when Kovalev finally was able to pounce on him. And um, by the end of the fight, it was akin to like the uh, the Kovalev fight. You know, like Kovalev did very was very successful in the early in the fight and in the middle of the fight too, using his jab, using his right hand. But and each time Kovalev had to like slow it up a little bit. Canelo had landed body shots. He had landed overhand shots. He landed this, landed that. Like it wasn't a lot of activity. But every punch had a purpose, and it was landing very hard and very well until to the point where all that just accumulated, and Kovalev was a spent bullet when it, by the time he got knocked out, and the same thing with Plant. So Canelo is always one of the guys, he's just an economical stalker, and he's the best at the game for doing that, you know? It's that type of pressure where you, you're under constant because he's so smart in the ring that you're just wondering where he's trying to go with you, so you're constantly thinking about that while trying to hold him off, but... He's so smart, too, that, like, after a few rounds, he already kind of figured out what you're trying to do in this fight, and he just goes from there. And now it's up to you to try to, like, it's like chess, trying to, you know, trying to add a piece here and there to try to, like, add, you know, the, to circumvent what he's doing. But Canelo's usually too smart for that, and before you even know it, you're, you know, you're drowning. So that's kind of what happened with Plant last night. Well, um, Steve... I also noticed last night Canelo managed to do a lot of inside work and effective inside work, whereas I think that that's a big difference between Canelo and a lot of these other fighters that, from your perspective, when you're a pro, uh, I mean, I, I don't know about your status now, but when you were a far more active pro, you were that was one of your fortes, inside fighting and pivoting, finding angles and stuff like that. From your perspective, like, did do you think that Canelo's kind of figured that art out uh, a bit better than a lot of other active fighters right now, fighting inside and throwing body punches, working, breaking a guy down? Yeah, I think so, especially to his the heritage of a lot of Hispanic fighters, Latino fighters. They can fight real close inside. I mean, you go back through history and you see a lot of these guys, I mean, guys even like Zarate and stuff like that, they fight in close. And uh, I think, I mean, Chavez was really great at it. Um, I mean, a lot of fighters. Um, Chica, uh, Gonzalez, Chicanita, uh, I think I'm saying his name right. Uh, but all yeah, these guys. Gennaro, yeah. Gennaro, yeah. Gennaro yeah, yeah. Hernandez was, and he was a taller fighter, but he could fight in close with the little short shots. Um, I think Canelo, I mean, he. I think he found a way to make, uh, where he doesn't have to use so much energy. If you if you watch him, he's kind of he'll 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 watch you for the first round and a half. He don't throw many punches. He got his hands up. He'll he'll watch his range get start, and then the next couple of rounds will start picking you apart, banging up your body, and it could be one the same shot over and over. Like he doesn't get he doesn't get bored with his shots. Some fighters will get bored of throwing the same shot. But not Canelo. He'll keep throwing that same shot, and it opens up more shots. I mean, that's majorly inside, you know, uh, inside fighter. I mean, it, it's, it's beautiful to watch because it doesn't look like he's using a whole lot of energy. I mean, you'll see him even jogs, kind of jogs back to the corner or kind of struts back to his corner because he's not using a whole lot of energy. And, and I mean, it's brilliant. He doesn't take a lot of punishment. I mean, he may get hit with a, a shot here or there. But he's 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 kind of he's in close. He's watching. He's got his hands up high, and he starts picking you apart to the body. I mean, uh, Montel Griffin, you know, former uh, light heavyweight champion, 
he always posted on on social media about who's the greatest body puncher. He he believes Canelo is, and and I and I had said to him, uh, I I thought Chavez was. I said, but if I could see where what you if I could see the way you see it in this next fight with Plant, then I'll probably say Canelo is. I mean, I saw it. I think Canelo is is excellent body puncher, uh, excellent where he, he can place his punches really good. He places his shots. And time after time, you know, after time, you start seeing what he's able to do, man. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, I'm in awe because I, you, you're seeing a guy that is kind of shifted and become a, just a destroyer. I mean, he's destroying guys. And, and he's destroying really good fighters. So, yeah, I, I love his inside game. <clears throat> on the preview, I had brought up like the Austin Trout fight, the Erislandi Lada fights, just in terms of looking at a style, like Canelo versus a particular kind of style or fighters who move, fighters who use their jab a lot, um, and, and looking at how the plant fight could potentially turn out. And I think that that wasn't incorrect of me to do that, but one of the big things looking at Canelo is how much he's grown, uh, both physically but in terms of him as a fighter, um, rather than being kind of inactive in terms of throwing punches from round to round, which he still kind of is, he still doesn't throw a ton of punches, but economical. Obviously, there's a big difference between just aimlessly throwing punches and knowing what you're throwing. And I think that that's, that's really the big difference between those fights and now is that we're, whereas in those fights, he would kind of let a guy off the hook, let, let his opponent off the hook when they went to the ropes and covered up or something like that, or uh, perhaps waste too many punches against Caleb Plant, against uh, Callum Smith, against uh, Sergey Kovalev, against all of these fighters, especially lately. He's obviously figured out that it that he doesn't have to headhunt. He doesn't even have to necessarily go to their liver or anything like that. If they're in front of him, he can just throw as hard as he freaking can at their bicep, like yeah. Callum Smith, and and give him a bicep injury. Or he can throw as hard as he can. Like I noticed last night, I think it was in the fifth or something like round, Canelo started aiming hooks for uh, for Plant's heart. Instead of going down low and instead of going up top, he was just going straight for his chest every time. And you're guaranteed to hit something 100% of the time, even if it's not super clean. And it's almost like he started, he has started understanding that, that he'll take that loaded up left hook straight to the, uh, to the heart rather than, you know, something that's maybe like two thirds power up to the head or something like that, because it's going to score and it always winds up breaking these fighters down. He hasn't yet reached the point where his opponents are too big like to do that. He hasn't yet gotten there. Light heavyweight, maybe. And that maybe that's, that's the question. But obviously last night in becoming the undisputed super middleweight champion, leaving no stone unturned, I mean, he pretty much cleaned out this division over the course of under a year, Steve. Like, who does that? I know. And, and back to like what you were saying about where he hits, uh, he'll hit anything. There was another fighter like that by the name of Rocky Marciano, who they said he hit your arms, your shoulder. I mean, and, you know, finish you off later. I mean, it, it, lo it looks kind of like that. Like he, you know, I, I 
course, I didn't see Rocky Marciano. I wasn't born then, but I've seen some old footage of, you know, how he banged guys up. I mean, maybe Canelo's taking, you know, a, a page from that where you what, you hit something and before you know it, it's going to break. I mean, it's looking that way. I mean, but yeah, this and he's been active too. This is what? Uh, what is this, his third fight already? Or... or in a in what five months or something like that uh in 2021 well over the course of let's see 11 months he's fought four times four yeah i mean that's when when have you heard the heard of that i mean i mean that in fighters, itself is its own yeah. discussion the fact that that's <laughs> yeah. even unique but even yeah. so he did it and not only did he do it he fought relevant fighters well ildirim is not great but regardless the other three were extremely relevant fighters he cleaned out the division yeah, I mean, the only other guy that, to me, is uh, Benavides is the only other guy that, you know, where you'd be like, okay, you know, what an interesting fight. But I, I just, the resume of Canelo, man, I mean, I, I don't see anybody, you know, beating him, per, me personally. I would love to see a dream match of Andre Ward and, you know, but, you know, that's, who knows. But no, I mean he he's he's done some great stuff, and he, you know he's still he, I feel like he's at his like peak right now, you know, and he's been around a long time. So I'm interested to see what happens next. What happens, Eris? You and I were talking about the Benav the potential Benavides fight and stuff. I mean we've we've probably discussed it even before last night, but La Bandera Roja, man, I don't think he really has much for Canelo. I could be wrong, but. I don't think so. Yes, fast hands, really fast combinations. He's young, he's tough, he's undefeated. He has a lot of moxie and um, a lot of upside, even though he's had some issues outside of the ring. But um, All right, maybe you have me yeah. sold. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I, I mean, he's a big guy, man. He's, and, like, the way he fights, I think he has more pop than Plant does too. But at the same time... Canelo still is just that man, you know, is just the man of the division, the man of the of the world. And he's one of the few guys, I will say, in boxing that even the other consensus top fighters, pound for pound, that you look at in the world, they all give Canelo his props and they all say he's a bad dude. Like a lot, a lot of the top fighters, every time you see them on Twitter and they'll realize after a big fight or whatever, they all give Canelo his props. And that's rare in boxing. You know, he's consensusly and conservative all the best guy in in the world right now. And um, he's evolved so much since the Mayweather fight. He has so many layers to his game that it's hard to put anyone to be, a, you know, as a potential favorite or even think of as an upset win over Canelo at this point. Benavides has extremely fast hands. He has extreme upside. He's fighting next weekend in a fight that seemed that's been snake bitten for a long time now for various reasons. But um, by all accounts, is going to go on. And depending on how this comes out, he could be the potential number one, you know, contender for um, for Canelo at this point. You know, I, I, overall, the, if you don't look at the sanctioned bodies and all the other stuff. Um, you know, there's other options for him, too. Like, maybe, you know, before this fight, what Plant was, was actually solidified, he was this close to um, having a fight with uh, Dimitri Bivol before. You know, that's another option that he can move up and try to make even more history. I think Canelo is the type of point now where 
if he wants to stay active, I can see the Benavides fight definitely happening. If it's more so for like solidifying his legacy and making more history and stuff like that, I can see him moving up to light heavyweight. Whatever, regardless of where he's going to move to, the ball is in his court because he's the man of the sport, he's the man of the division, and he has the resume to call whatever shot he wants, and deservedly so. And um, any fighter who gets kind of like Oscar later on in his career and other guys at that point, Pacquiao, Mayweather, whoever you want to name it, he's at that point now that whoever gets a shot at him, they're going to be the ones that are going to get the biggest payday of their life and be excited for it. And as much as you want to call it, the guy in the driver's seat is the one that's going to be able to call this type of deal. So it's going to be interesting to see where Canelo wants to go from here. He just made, he wanted to make history, becoming the first undisputed all belt super middleweight champion. He just did that. And now I can't wait to see where he wants to go from here. It's exciting. It's exciting stuff. You know, and like I, like I said earlier, earlier on, even uh, during the Nama Yunus Zhang fight, Dana Vites sitting there ringside. He said he paid for it. I, I believe sure. him. He's, he's got the money for it, but he he's sitting there uh, watching Canelo plant. Cause it's, there was the discussion beforehand, right? Because it became an... do after what happened with the Kovalev fight, right? <laughs> yeah, but it became a, a bit of an internet meme with both Canelo and Kovalev sitting there lying on the couch waiting for uh, the UFC main event to go over so that they can begin their main event because DAZN's too afraid that they're going to lose viewership, which I'm sure they would have. But the point is, I think that uh, the difference now is that obviously the platform that Canelo was on wasn't going to accept that. But also, Canelo's made it clear that he's the premier combat sports dude in the world right now and that nobody else is going to be easing into that, right? I mean, that's that's pretty much where it's at. Balls in his court, absolutely. Well, Steve, uh, what would you like to see uh, from any perspective Canelo do going forward like would you like to see him kind of take a rest do you think he's deserved a rest or i mean i think he's probably deserved a rest but what do you think he does going forward i don't know i i think he should take a little rest i mean he's undisputed he's been busy been the one of the busiest fighters that i've seen in a long time um what'd you say 11 months four fights i mean take a little rest um but i mean i would i would love to see Man, I don't really know who, like I said, the only other fight that I think would be would be fun to see would be him and Benavides. Just, you know, because Benavides is a um, action-packed, uh, throws a lot of punches, fast punches, can punch. But, you know, I, I would favor Canelo, but I just think it would be an entertaining, nice little slugfest. But take a little break first and then you know, we'll see what happens. I guess in all of this, I, I also don't want to forget to give Caleb Plant some props. Um, I I personally don't think he won very many rounds. And I, I simply thought Canelo's punches were just harder and more effective. Uh, there's obviously no... I did want to talk about the whole scoring thing a little bit, but there's obviously no formula. There's no set formula as far as how you score fights. Like I kind of wish there were because that would make it more consistent, and a little bit easier to understand the subjectivity part though, is it, it can be tricky, but there are guidelines that you can follow that make it less subjective to score fights. And this is something that I've talked about with, uh, you know, with Karen, my, my co-commentator on the two pound uh, sports shows she, you know, 
she's actually really good at knowing scoring criteria and stuff like that. And I don't want to get into the kind of like boring scoring criteria too much. I just know that there is no way to equate however many jabs to a hard power punch. You know, three jabs equals a power punch, four jabs. I don't know. There's no set answer. But, you know, I, one thing that I did want to look at, or I, I say I look at when I'm scoring a fight or trying to figure out who's winning or something like that. Uh, one way, and it's something that I've brought up many times, is when I used to watch Pride FC back in the day, the way that they used to score fights, MMA organization in Japan, the way they used to score fights was not on a round system, but on who was doing the more damage over the course of the fight would win the fight, period. It wasn't about, you know, scoring this round, then this round, then this round. And so, I mean, I think that's a fairly interesting way to look at it, but we do score it by rounds, so that's kind of lame. I'll throw that away for a moment. But I think the whole point is more just that um, you could see Caleb Plant obviously landing jabs, obviously being effective with a lot of his movement. It's just that I have to ask the question, like, what is that doing to Canelo? Is that making Canelo adjust really in any way or forcing him to do anything? And it, it really wasn't. Uh, he was making adjustments, but su successfully. And it was Plant who was having to adjust to what Canelo was doing on the inside. And I, I thought that it was very clearly more effective. That being said, so I have that out of the way and can now just give full props to Canelo or uh, to Caleb Plant. He definitely showed that he's, he's game. He's tough. Uh, he was willing to hang in there, to, to stand in there at points, probably foolishly. You know, he, he shouldn't have. He probably should have gotten on his bike and jabbed and pivoted and stuff like that as much as he possibly could. But earlier on, you know, he was obviously a little bit more willing to exchange, which was probably a big mistake. Um, but to his credit, too, because he he went out how, you know, I, I guess most fighters would, I would imagine, want to go out if you have to go out on your shield and fighting and trying to get up from two really hard knockdowns. So I got to give Caleb Plant uh, some props and going forward at the very least, unlike Billy Joe Saunders, who has, I, I think even still has a kind of injured eye and might not ever fight again has talked about that on more than one occasion, Caleb plant, probably more bruised ego than anything else that we know about and shouldn't be hurt too much from this loss. W what do you think Eris uh, takes much of a hit from this? No, I mean, a lot. He was already a major underdog to begin with. Um, he wasn't blown out or anything like that. He put up a very good account of yourself, like you just mentioned. And some people on Twitter even somehow had him winning, even though I didn't see that. But all in all, he put up a very good account of himself and showed that he's one of the elite guys in the division. Um, losing to Canelo Alvarez the way he did is no shame because Alvarez, like we've talked about on the show already, is the top guy in the world. You know, the best fighter pound for pound. And the fact that he was competitive with him, took some rounds against Alvarez and never really dogged it out and tried up until the end is only going to add, um, only going to add to him, you know, so props to Caleb Plant for that. And he's still a major player in the division, depending on whatever Alvarez wants to do. It doesn't matter, but Plant, I'm sure will end up winning another title again with a, with a bunch of them out there the way it is. And he's still you know, adds up into very good fights within the PBC realm or wherever it may be, probably within PBC, whether it's against the Charlo, whether it's against um, David Benavidez or others, 
Plant matches well against a lot of those guys. He's and like you mentioned before too, he didn't suffer like a career potential career ender injury like Billy Joe Saunders did with his eye or anything like that. He was just stopped. Was it a brutal stoppage? Yes, but one he can still recover from, and he's still young and still well enough in his prime that it wasn't like a gradual beatdown where people were screaming, "Oh my God, you got to stop this!" You know, this is career altering anything like that. Like he was competitive until the last couple of rounds where he really fell apart, and then Alvarez stopped him. So at that point, you know, he can definitely bounce back from this. I'm sure when he watches back the tape and sees how well he performed in this fight, too, he was competitive. It'll give him more motivation to come back strong. So, yeah, Plant will be back. He's still going to be a factor in the division. And I'm curious to see where he's going to go from here and what fights they can make. What do you think, Steve? What do you, what do you think Caleb Plant goes from here? Well, I think, you know, he'll take a rest. Um, you know, he gave a good account of himself. Um, he, you know, he, he's a really good fighter good champion and then he's just going up against a great fighter and a great champion I mean like you know I was once a belt holder early in my career and then I got to go up against later on in my career the great you know Oscar De La Hoya I mean big huge underdog Oscar's supposed to knock me out crush me and all that stuff so I kind of understand you know the fact that I knew how to fight you know I can hold my own I thought he held his own um you know he was just in with a, a great fighter and you know sometimes that happens I still think he will come back and win another championship I think you know he, he definitely needs to take a rest he put his all into this it was a good fight he he held his own I mean he just he had to keep making adjustments as Canelo was just kind of changing the tide of the fight I mean that's what happens when you're in with somebody that's great that has a lot of experience a big resume um, been around a long time. Um, I think Plant's going to be fine, man. He's going to be, he'll probably be, even be a little better. He's going to learn some things from this. He's going to come back. Um, I would say take a little, take a little rest. You know, this is a big event, big fight, um, come back. But I'm, I'm interested to see what he does, you know, because I like him. He's a good boxer. He shows some good things in there. Um, he just couldn't hold Canelo off. But a lot of other fighters couldn't do it either. You know, I mean, so uh, I would, nothing to hold his head down about um you know you, you move on you say hey man you know what that was a great experience i'm gonna get better from that and i hope he does i hope he comes back and and fight again i'm, I'm more interested to see him fight now because he did do you know hold his hold his own for a bit and canelo had to kind of switch some stuff up and, and go into his destroy seek and destroy mode which you know it was it was it was entertaining i mean for me to watch because Canelo, uh, Caleb Plant was doing good with the jabs and those little shoulder ride, uh, shoulder roll ride, right hands. Just didn't do enough of it, but I think he'll be fine. One of the cool things about, uh, I don't want to just, you know, get all up on Canelo's jock too hard here. But one of the cool things about Canelo, I will say, and one of the cool things about having him as the top fighter, one of the top fighters in the sport, is that now his lack of affiliation with a promoter or a network, I mean, at least as far as I know, I mean, I know he was just on Showtime and uh, on a Premier Boxing Champions promoted show, but after the fight, it looked like he was on pretty good terms still with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. I mean, I don't know how 
good of terms he's going to be with golden boy but luckily they also don't really have any light heavyweights or anything like that that he or that he really needs to fight or super middleweights that he needs to fight so the point being that he's a little bit more fluid he has more options than a lot of other fighters might a lot of the premier boxing champions fighters are not necessarily limited to the pbc stable but probably more likely to stay in-house with a lot of their fights than some other fighters within other organizations and stuff like that. So it's good that Canelo has more options going yeah. forward. And that's, it's, it's, we're lucky that the top fighter has that option, I guess, you know? Yeah. He can cross promote with these guys on different shows. And I did see Oscar in the crowd. I thought I saw him. I was looking on the screen. So, you know, I mean, yeah, he, when you're that big, when you're the big, when you're the top dog, you can you can work with anybody because you know it it generates you know some good income for everybody involved so that's the good thing about canelo he like you said he you know he's kind of his own guy and he can kind of you know do some do some other stuff so i hope i hope we see that i hope that continues and i mean from a from a historical perspective and i guess you know since since we're on here eris and we're we like the history stuff and steve i know you do too oh, yeah. um but how how would we say then i know he just now consolidated the belts so it's it's still kind of like we don't know what he's going to do he might preside over the division for a bit we don't know but um for in in terms of history the super middleweight division somewhat young uh, but we talked about it a little bit on the preview. You have a, like a Joe Calzage, obviously considered one of the greatest super middleweights. Roy Jones considered one of the top super middleweights. Um, right there with, I think. After that was going to be my question. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's already right there. He's right up there with, with Roy Jones, with Calzaki, with Andre Ward, um, top four, top five, easily in the super middleweight division. Absolutely. Yeah. Just off of what he's already done now. Definitely. And considering the division is so young and doesn't have the depth of like a middleweight division, welterweight, whatever it might, you know, one of the like original eight. Right. Um, it's it's less ridiculous to put. Yeah. Exactly, it's less ridiculous yeah, it's to not, put. It's, it's, not, it's not as difficult to like either to make that statement and like stand by it or whatever. You know what I mean? Canelo already just by having that that gumption to say that I'm gonna you know to be an elite fighter and to fight as active as he has and not just fight like pasties besides the Yidrim fight that you mentioned. Like, he's fought top guys. He's cleaned out that division. Super Midway is not the deepest one out there, but at the same time, it's still filled with very talented fighters, very talented champions. And Canelo, for the most part, has cleaned that division out, aside from Benavides, which still doesn't, wouldn't, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, it, it, already from what he's done and the accomplishments he's made and the name that he has, you got to put him up there already. You know, if you put him head-to-head -head with, uh, with the other um, top guys of that division... Aside from the absolute elite, yeah, he, he's totally around there right now. And you can put him in the discussion as well now, too. I'm not going to say he has the top Mexican fighter of all time, but he's definitely in the realm of, like, you know, top eight or so, top ten. What do you think, Steve? We're, we're uh, historically, in terms of super middleweight and his, his standing as a, an all-time great Mexican, where, where do you think he stands? Oh, I think he, he 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 will be one of you know in one of the best Mexican fighters. Uh, you know, I, like I like uh, I can't say you know he's the greatest ever because it's plus his career is still going. It's kind of which is 
great in itself. I mean, it's still going, which is pretty cool. I mean, I was telling Christine last night, I said, you know what we're watching right now? I mean, we're watching something historical happening with, with this guy. I mean, first undisputed, you know, uh, super middleweight champion. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where, where this story goes because to me, it looks like he's right in his prime right now. And how long is that going to keep going? I think he has some more battles. And there's always a fighter that comes up that brings a challenge. I mean, we just got to kind of wait and see what happens with everybody else. But so, so I think he, as far as the top super middleweights, like I love Roy Jones, Joe Calzaghe, all these guys. Um, yeah, he's right up there, you know. I mean, when you start talking mythical matchups when you when you're in that conversation man you've done some great stuff in your career uh i'm curious to see how where he can go but as far as like right now this day and time you know he's definitely for me pound for pound the best fighter in the world i mean his resume shows it his uh performances show it i mean he's he's not just beating guys you know so yeah some fights are close or whatever but Lately, he's been destroying guys. I mean, he kind of turned it up a notch. Normally, when you get older as a fighter, the fights will be a little bit tougher. They'll be a little bit closer. But for him, it, the revert, the exact change is happening. It's The fights are bigger fights. He's fighting bigger men, but he's starting to destroy him. So, I mean, I, I'm curious to see where he ends up. But uh, wherever it is, it's going to be a good place. And, you know, I'm going to be reading and watching just like everybody else but uh he's a great fighter that's all i can say it i i uh saw a couple of comments and i know that these are probably outlier comments uh earlier today from people saying that they didn't feel that he was all that entertaining i i don't know i okay I, I understand from a perspective of like, if you really just want to watch wars or like the UFC yesterday had like three separate fights that were absolutely brutal, yeah. like ridiculous wars. And I, I they, those are fantastic. I love it. They're great. Who doesn't? Um, but at the same time, like we're, we're talking about a different kind of uh, a different exhibition of skill. Uh, and that's not to say that the mixed martial arts are not skilled. It's it's a different kind of skill is what I'm saying. And I don't really see why there's not room for all of it. But I, I also, I don't see why it's not entertaining from the perspective of watching Canelo. You're watching a fighter take on the best fighters in his division and systematically break them down and showing you what that is showing you like how to do that what what it looks like to see one great fighter beat the shit out of the other really good fighters yeah. i mean it's I, I don't know to me perhaps people see it as uh these two these other fighters are too overmatched but it's he can only fight the fighters that are there and those are the fighters that are there and he's absolutely slaying them yeah. so uh, i find it entertaining automatically breaks people down is is beautiful to watch because he just like we you discussed both of you know, all of us have discussed earlier on the show he doesn't overexert himself or just waste any punches he everything has a plan to it and everything each round he's learning something new and figuring something out and adding that to his repertoire for that next round and guys 
don't have an answer for it. It's a, it's a game of mental chess and he keeps on having a, you know, he keeps on being a step ahead of you. And before you know it, you know, you're just overwhelmed, not so much by like the volume of what's happening over a round or so, but just like over the, over each round gradually, he just beats you up, beats you up, beats you up before you're just like, you know, completely useless around the very late rounds. And he finishes you very brutally. In fact, you know, it's, it's awesome to watch. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, I don't know. It, it seems like we're all fairly entertained by him, so I don't think there's a problem there. I'm just a little surprised that anybody wouldn't be. Yeah. Especially the way he breaks people down. I mean, it's like, I mean, watching the fight last night, you know, you it was like systematically. He'd get in close, boom, a couple shots here and there. Then, but after time, you start saying like, "Wait a minute! Oh man, look, he's gone." Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's what I, I think is so impressive. Some people want to see it in a different way. They want to see guys trading back and forth, and then, but there's always a a there's always a system. There's always a plan. People have different ways of combat, you know. And he he just he has a different way that is a really effective that works where he's not using a lot of energy and he looks like he's almost having a little fun in there. I mean, you kind of see his face. It, he knows what he's going to do. I mean, it, he's like ahead of the game. Like you, like, like, like you just said, you know, he's thinking steps ahead and it's impressive for me to watch being a, you know, a former fighter, a, a former bell holder, watching a guy, you know, get better and better each fight and find different ways uh, to win. Like he can box on the outside if he has to. He can move around. But lately, he's been able – he's been like a seek-and-destroy guy. So, I mean, it, it's it's entertaining for me to watch, to see him kind of evolve and be able to see how he's going to go about this fight. I, I think it's impressive. I like it. And uh, I want to, you know, see what else happens. And unfortunately, uh, I, I'm not sure which one of you said it earlier, but the the undercard was fairly weak. Um, it, it just I didn't wasn't even watch the real fight. I didn't. I mean, I caught. I think part of Ray Vargas might have taken a nap at one point. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it it was at a time for the main event. I was like, oh shit, I timed this perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> it it just wasn't the most compelling undercard. I'm not gonna lie to you. The matchups were not. Uh, they were not really between a whole lot of known fighters and they were not really high quality matchups in my opinion. Some of them were fairly evenly matched. It's just not, not great fights. Uh, and it almost seemed as though they were trying to position Anthony Durrell into a spot where like, well, now he deserves a Canelo fight because he showed up big on a Canelo undercard. And I don't really know that it necessarily works that way, but, but I mean, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily mind seeing a fight like that kind of a, as an interim fight, but Hopefully Canelo doesn't stay out until May and then fight Anthony Durrell. I would not be in favor of that plan personally. But that being said, uh, just Charlo, if Charlo's going to move up, I think that'd be. A I would rather. Yeah. I would definitely rather one of the Charlos uh, fight Canelo than Anthony Durrell personally. But but I get it. You know, business is business. As far as the undercard, though, it just it just was not a very strong undercard and. I don't know. It was all about the main event anyway. So yeah, I might have I might have mentioned uh, some about undercard fighters. I wasn't talking about that card though. I was talking about the ESPN 
plus card with uh, Michaela Mayer. That had a pretty decent undercard. There was some scraps on there. That was so, a fun card. That was that, a good yeah, card. Yeah, that, that whole card, you know, was pretty impressive. Uh, I wasn't I, – I, I don't know if I mentioned – I might have mentioned about all oh, these undercard fights being good. I wasn't talking about last night's fights, though. <laughs> that, those undercard – yeah, that that was, you know – yeah, that, I didn't even really watch. I was flipping back and forth to UFC, but – Yeah, I – I uh, got to, since you mentioned it, I, I do have to put out just a vibe of man that sucks to Hamadouche because she deserved way better treatment on the scorecards than she got against Michaela Mayer. That was a hell of a fight and definitely a fight of the year contender, despite the fact that it was only a 10 round fight and only two minute rounds yeah. uh, in, in women's boxing. And it, it was unfortunate that it was shortened that way, but still a really great fight. And it sucked to see a fighter work that hard and then just get kind of, you know, worked on the scorecards like that. She well, reminded me. One black people. Go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say, whenever they wonder why people from the overseas, UK, Germany, wherever it may be, are, like, leery about coming over here, it's from scorecards like that. Look, I'm not going to say that Mayor didn't deserve to win that fight. It was close enough, and she kind of pulled it out at the end. But it was a hell of a fight. And it was very, very, very close up until around round nine, round ten. It was still close at the end. You know, you get there by two, three points at the most. To say that the Hamadouche was was completely blown out, you know, one one hundred and ninety is is nonsense. You know, like where do you get these judges from? Where do you get this type from? Like that is obviously you mail in your scorecard before the fight even happened. You're not paying attention or anything that goes on with that. That's absurd. And it happens way too often. And you wonder why these, all you know, fighters from overseas really, well, I'm not going to come here and get screwed over that way because I don't even have a chance. And, you know, it goes both ways, but it's just kind of like, this is the predicament that boxing puts itself in with scorecards like that. Yeah. What, what yeah. did you think, Steve? Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, it, it's, Hamadou reminded me of, a, <laughs> I was telling Christine, I said, she's like a female Sean Porter, with all that pressure, making Michaela Mayer feel uncomfortable. I mean, she was in the fight. Um, did I think Michaela Mayer pulled it out at the end? Yeah, I, I did, but I thought it was a heck of a fight. And, it, you know, that scoring, it, it, it's a, it brings a sour taste because it's, you know, fighters in there putting their, you know, everything they got on there, man. And to get treated like that, it's, you know, something's got to, I don't know what can be done, but something uh it was a great fight uh i remember you know fights that i've been in which i thought and some people thought should have went the other way in my career one guy said it best to me i think he was a reporter he said you know what the best thing though about any of this stuff i know you may feel like it went the other way and some others do too but the greatest thing is people got to watch it and people got to see what you're able to do People got to see what she was able to do. She was a champion for a while. She put, you know, on a on a great, great display of, of you know, of championship courage. And and it was a good fight. And it just, it's sour that, you know, it comes down to the, the, the judging, you know. I mean, I don't yeah. think anybody would argue about, you know, Mayor getting a decision. I mean, I thought she pulled it out. But she had mm -hmm. to sit down and fight and grit and, you know, buckle down. But... To have the scores like that, I mean, it's that you know, it's it's frustrating. She really had to work for that win, no question. And I think that that's the kind of the 
there are two parts that really stink about it. The first is that obviously Hamadouche, she came over here and now they're asking, well, what about a rematch? And she's saying like, what are you crazy? I'm not going to fight a rematch here, but there's no way in hell Michaela Mayer is going to fight her in France. So it's just, so that's the first kind of like screw there. And then, you know, the, she probably didn't get paid a whole lot. And it's the, the, the final part of it is that how good a fight it was now gets overshadowed by really crappy officiating. And I hate to say it, especially because Steve, I know you spent a lot of time in Nevada training out of Las Vegas and, you know, almost to the point where you're kind of consider yourself a, a Vegas fighter, uh, yeah. despite being from Portland. But I mean, uh, the officiating there in recent years has really dropped off very, very badly. And I don't want to just start like, you know, lobbing out grenades, but Bob Bennett is not doing a very good job of handling the commission in the last few years. There've been a number of issues where they've really, really dropped the ball. And one of the ways where they continuously drop the ball, and it's not just Nevada, but Nevada has been definitely a standout is having the same officials over and over and over again, especially officials that we know like have questionable scorecards in their past and, you know, have turned in really head scratching or done really head scratching things and et cetera, et cetera. And I think that one way to combat this, and I know that it's really difficult because uh, Steve, we were just talking about some of the issues with the Oregon commission before we started uh, recording the show, yeah. but um, just it, no issues with anybody in the commission, just an issue of money. Uh, yeah. There's no money, at least that we know of, to pay for more people to work the commissions. There's no really money, I would imagine, or at least no money allocated in Nevada to appeal to younger officials, to new officials. And I mean, again, I'm not trying to be ageist here or anything either, but you look and you see the judges, they all have an average age of like 82 the referees, you know, <laughs> huffing and buffing, running around because he's like older too. I mean, God bless him. It's all good. I'm not trying to single them out. It's just that I think that with more diversity, especially when it comes to age among the officials, I think that that's probably the first and easiest thing to do when you set money aside. But that's the hard part. It would be nice for all a lot of these gamers, <laughs> the gamer people, <laughs> generation to start getting into boxing, judging, you know. Because <laughs> you're right, a lot of the a lot of the judges are really you know older, and you know I mean, shoot, my my reflexes you know have slipped, and I'm for you know about to be 45, so I imagine me being 80 years old, like some stuff you're not gonna catch, and you know it, it's a lot of pressure for them. So they you know I, I agree. It, I wish a lot of younger younger uh, generation would start especially a lot of these fans that, that love boxing so much. Hey, you know, start contacting the commission, start learning this stuff. And maybe we can get some, some different judging, diff, you know, uh, get some, you know, different perspectives of, of, you know, viewers watching, watching and scoring. So, yeah. Yeah. And to just kind of put the final nail in the coffin of that discussion. I believe it was two of the judges from the mayor Hamadouche fight worked the card the very next night. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah. just illustrating, illustrating the issue there. It's, it's kind of reusing iffy officials, but anyway, um, no, I'm, I'm happy that you brought up, brought up that fight because that was a really, really good fight and, and merited, uh, its own kind of brief recap, even though this is about the Canelo plant, right? So anyway, uh, no, it was 
a lot of fun for sure. It was a good, good combat sports weekend overall, yeah. I'd say. I had a lot of fun watching last night. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of fun, dude, I, I really appreciate uh, both of you, Eris and Steve, taking the time to do a little bit of boxing talking today. It was, it was a lot of fun. Steve, I, I appreciate it, man. Oh, man. Thank you guys for having me, man. I, any time. This was fun. Yeah, this was a good time. Steve. Thanks yeah. for joining off of us. Well, then we're going to be hitting you up again. That's It's really oh, that simple. Uh, anytime. Well, in the meanwhile, I think Steve does a lot of his social media operating off a of Facebook. And, and for people who don't know, too, and I know Facebook is kind of like taboo or iffy or whatever when it comes to social media discussions, but there are really a lot of fighters, ex-fighters, active fighters who participate quite a bit on Facebook and Instagram. So I know that you're, you do a lot of your discussing on Facebook, so you should probably go find them there. But it's also on Twitter at uh, two pound Forbes, two LB Forbes, and also my buddy Eris here, who you can follow on Twitter at Punch Zone Eris. I'm over there at Patrick M Connor. You can follow the show, of course, subscribe on all of the regular podcast apps. But we're also on YouTube now, which is hopefully how you're watching. And in the meanwhile, man, keep watching that boxing. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Always a blast, man. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.